0: Hello, this is Reverend Judith Laxer. Thank you for listening to the podcast of our service entitled Good Grief. My wish is that the food for thought offered brings great nourishment for your soul. Our ministry for the goddess is supported solely by those who, like you, partake of its teachings. We are currently running our annual pledge drive, and if you feel served by listening, please go to GaiusTemple.org, click on the Support Us button, and make your pledge then push the donate button and give generously we'd be most grateful thank you and blessed be so my friends at the last service i introduced revolutionary love which is the work designed and led by valerie core who is my new best friend but she just doesn't know it yet <laughs> And what she offers in this revolutionary love project, which is like the name of her work, is the model of a compass. So Mari's going to put that model up there. This is the Compass of Revolutionary Love. And you notice that it is in three sections. Um, and it starts with others. So revolutionary love, we're going to love others, love our opponents and love ourselves. And in each section, there are subdivisions. So we are in the section still of loving others in which we see no stranger. And that has three different sections to it, beginning in the center, which is what we did last month, which is wonder. And then today we are working with grieving. And then next month is going to be fight, which should be very interesting then we move on to loving our opponents, which is tending the wound, right? And at that center there is rage, which will be interesting coming after fight. And then listen and then reimagine. And then the third section of that compass is loving ourselves, which is where we breathe and push using the metaphor of a birthing woman, a mama giving birth to a new paradigm. And that begins with breathe, breath, and then push, and then transition, which is when we birth that new world. So we are still in that first section there of learning to love others in a revolutionary way um, by seeing no stranger. And last month we were working to understand how that happens by wondering about others and the process of wondering keeps our minds open, keeps us curious, and suspends judgment. And today, we're going to examine the principle of grief. Okay, Mari, thanks for that slide to see that compass. So that's what we know we're we're going to be studying. And that's the compass that we're walking as we walk the wheel this year. So, grieve. You know, it's interesting because my challenge now, um, because I decided that this year we were going to explore the principles of revolutionary love, is to match each principle and each step in learning revolutionary love to where we are in the Wheel of the Year. And at first I thought, well, that'll be a good, inspiring challenge. And then it was like, what did I set myself up to do? Uh, Because like here we have Grieve and we're coming on to, you know, we're in early spring and... You know, we usually reserve grief or to talk about our sadness and our sorrow and our grief at Samhain, which is not even completely halfway across the wheel at this point. But of course, the grief that we feel in our lives is not reserved just for Samhain. It's beautiful that we have that time on the wheel of the year so that there's always time for us to address it. Um, But that's not the only time that we feel our grief. In fact, I am thinking and hoping that exploring the tenderness and the strengthening role that grief has in our lives, and as part of revolutionary love, might be best examined when the veil is not quite so thin. Uh, We might have an easier time of addressing our grief and looking at the role that it has when the veil is not quite so thin and our beloveds on the other side are not quite so close. I mean, they're always there, but you understand what I mean. So here we are in early spring, um, you know, which means that the life force of the planet is rising to the surface. So today I thought that we could perhaps allow that upward sweep of energy to give rise to our understanding about grief. And let's allow ourselves to turn toward our grief here today knowing that the delights of spring will help us grapple with it with more ease. And we can imagine that the sweetness of spring with all of her fresh breezes can blow away our resistance to examining grief, uh, even if it's just for a little while in the safety and the sacredness of our time together here in Gaia's Temple. So, revolutionary love is just magnificent which I know I went off good and long about in the last service, but as I keep working it for myself personally, and as I keep thinking of it in terms of offerings in the temple, it just grows in its depth and beauty. Valerie Kaur tells us that grief is the price of love. Grief is the price of love. So that we know the moment that we love, we know that we will grieve. Because that is the price we pay for loving. It's not the only thing, but it is part of it. So the more we love, the more we know that we will grieve in this lifetime. And since love is the answer to everything, as we know, and learning to love differently and more and better is our goal as we spiritually evolve, we need to keep this in mind. We need to keep this in mind that grief is the price of love. But we also need to keep this in mind. The heart is a muscle, just like any other muscle in our body. And the more we use it, the stronger it becomes. Jungian dream analyst and author Toko Pa-Turner tells us in her book, Belonging, Remembering Ourselves Home, Grief is the response to a broken bond of belonging. Whether through the loss of a loved one, a way of life, or a cherished community, grief is the reaction to being torn from what we love. We grieve the love we've lost or the loves we've lost. We grieve our abilities vanishing through illness and age. We grieve the loss of faith in our religion. We grieve our children leaving home, we grieve the paths we didn't walk, we grieve the family we never had, we grieve the suffering on the planet. But while grief may look like an expression of pain that serves no purpose, it's actually the soul's acknowledgement of what we value. Grief is the honor we pay to that which is dear to us, and it is only through connecting to what we cherish then we can know how to move forward, and in this way, she says, grief is motion. Grief in motion is a good, grief is motion, It's a good thing to keep in mind when grieving, and that's because we often believe when we are grieving that we are stuck there, that that pain will never leave, and that we will never heal. Also. Movement of some kind, of any kind, which I'll talk about in a moment, is um, an important practice in in processing our grief. It's a practice of processing our grief to stay in motion. So grieving is the practice of feeling the pain of loss. You know, there's something about the word practice that soothes me, even with things that are difficult. Because I know it's just, I don't have to get it right. I don't have to be perfect at it. I'm practicing. And I just keep focusing on the practice and keep bringing myself back to the practice. Now, no one likes to feel the emotional pain of grief. It's not fun. We'd much rather feel joy and love and lightness and inspiration and awe. But if we think of it as a practice that is going to keep our hearts soft, That is a merciful way to tend to this important and necessary practice, because we are going to grieve in our lives. And so learning how to do it, how to hold it, and how to do it well is crucial. Remaining hard-hearted only makes us feel strong, but it's not true strength. To harden our hearts is not true strength. True strength is what we do when we can bear hardship. Strength is not what we do to cause hardship. We can feel more powerful by being mean, causing hardship. We're the ones who've done that, you know, that can bolster us up, like that makes us more powerful. But it really doesn't make us stronger. What makes us stronger is not causing hardship, So another truth in revolutionary love um, that is not all sugar and spice and everything nice, but is so important to know, is that there is no fixing grief. There is only carrying it. There is nothing more to be done than carrying grief along with us on the road of life. Now, time does help. Time can lessen the intensity of our grief, but if our love doesn't stop, neither will our grief. They are hand in hand. Expecting our pain of grief or expecting grief itself to go away is a mistake. Because then when it doesn't, because we still love, we believe there's something wrong or we believe there's something wrong with us, but there isn't. Now, grief is not all that we carry along life. And grief is not all that we feel as we love, but it is in the suitcase that we carry along with us. We can heal from the impact of loss, but that doesn't mean that our grieving will stop. So that's an interesting thing, too, because we think we are healed when we are no longer in pain. And that is not necessarily true, or emotional pain in this case. I will know I'm healed when I'm no longer grieving what I love. And those two do not meet like that. We can heal from the impact of loss, but still grieve. And so that's why it's so important to understand and carry grief in a particular way that is loving and welcoming, not that's all I ever wanna feel, but it's part of who I am and part of what I will experience and part of what I carry with me. That is a very healthy way to hold grief and we're going to hold grief. So acceptance of the pain of grief and that the pain of grief will be with us as part of our healing is the way to go. And what it does is it helps us to stop adding another layer of suffering. Because if we're in emotional pain because of loss, and then we're upset that we are in emotional pain, or that it's still taking this long, or that we can't get over it, or we can't seem to heal, you know, then we're adding other layers of suffering on top of what we're already suffering. But if we recognize that our grief is as natural as our love and that they often go hand in hand and when we experience loss and we're going to, this is a natural response to it, there's a softening and it's not quite so painful. Grief doesn't go away and we don't heal like that And even if we do heal like that, it doesn't mean that the measure of that healing is the absence of grief. It's a very different way to think about it and uh, to hold it. Now, we are living in a time of unprecedented grief. And grappling with it so much is teaching us how to be brave with grief. I mean, as Tema told us, there have been close to 6 million deaths from COVID alone in the last two, two and a half years. Close to 6 million. That's a lot of people to lose. And that is a lot of people who loved those people and families and communities that are grieving. That's a lot to carry. And of course, that's just COVID, and I don't mean to dismiss it at all, but that's just the one thing, right? We are grieving for many kind of losses as well. The loss of our safety and our security. Um, some of us lost our homes. We've lost, you know, our animals. We've, there are animals going extinct. That is a huge loss. Uh, we've lost our innocence. Um, and the sovereignty and the health of nature, right? There's just so much, and grieving all of this all at once can be completely overwhelming. And we see the signs of this overwhelm everywhere we look. We see it in the sense of giving up. We see it in a sense of hopelessness and helplessness, widespread depression, anxiety. I mean, All of these sort of um, psycho, spiritual, and emotional conditions that are hard to deal with stem from our grief so i realize this is not the happy or the glad news but i wanted to bring that up because we have to remember that we are living in unprecedented times and so you know i i I myself have said like what's wrong with me like why can't i shake this you know i'm usually so happy-go-lucky like what is wrong with me There is nothing wrong with me. I am alive in today's world, and there is a lot of hardship, and a lot of that is about loss, and grief accompanies that loss. So it's just good to keep in mind, like when I'm having a really rough day, it's okay because we're carrying a lot. So we must understand, of course, that loss is going to happen in life, and grieving is an appropriate response to it. You know, in my research about grief for this service, I found a document called Understanding the Difference Between Grieving and Mourning. And it was adapted from Understanding Your Grief 10 Touchstones for Finding Hope and Healing Your Heart by Dr. Alan Wolfelt from the Canadian Mental Health Association. So I first want to point out that this was from the Canadian Mental Health Association and yet what we're talking about are emotions. So that points so clearly to how our mental state and our emotional state are so closely linked and how, how closely linked they are. And also, there is still, to this day, a stigma around mental health. And also still like this ancient pervading stigma that just follows along, that seeking help for our mental health is still stigmatized somehow. And it's just ridiculous. The brain is an organ just like any other organ in the body. If we have heart trouble, we go to the cardiologist. You know, if we're having trouble with how we're thinking and what's going on in our mental state, we need therapists no shame this this ridiculous stigma has just it's got to go we must be the generation to just toss that to the side so in this document the document says grief is what we feel what we think and feel on the inside when someone we love dies or we experience a deep loss and so that's not just sadness by the way um, but it also can be the fear or loneliness or a sense of panic or yearning or the anxiety, emptiness. I mean, none of these are fun emotions, but it's good to name them because that is part of our grief. We think that grief just means we're sad, but it can also mean that we're more than just sad. But it's what we think and feel on the inside is the grief. Grief is the internal meaning that is given to the experience of loss. Mourning, on the other hand, is the outward expression of grief. It is the expression of our grief. So most people experience grief when someone that they love dies. But if we are to heal, we must also mourn. Not just grieve, but mourn. So the grief is the feeling that we have and the meaning that we make of that feeling But then the mourning are the things that we do to process that grief and that is crucial and i'm going to talk about that we move toward integrating the loss of our lives not just by grieving but by mourning now mourning a death is not always easy As we know, as a culture, we tend to be uncomfortable with outward expressions of grief. Uh, We sometimes feel shamed or weak if we show our innermost feelings. And yet the truth is that it takes strength and perseverance to mourn and to mourn well. Grieving without mourning is dangerous and destructive to our emotional, physical and spiritual selves. Grieving without mourning is dangerous because then we're just holding on to it. And then they say in this document, if some of your friends and family are not compassionately supporting you in your mourning, see those who will. If you don't have somebody in your life who can witness you in your mourning, contact me. That's what I'm here for.
1: So what I love about
0: all this information in this document is that, first, it tells us we can heal, and but we must mourn to heal, not just feel our grief. And mourning comprises the actions that we take in response to our grief. And so here are a few ways to mourn. Um, and they all entail movement of some sort because it's the expression, it's the pushing of our feelings outward. One is by talking about it. And so many people feel like they can only talk about their grief around the funeral or around the event, but you know, then a few days later or a week later or Monday morning, it's time to get back to work and nobody wants to hear us talk about it. Um, but talking is crucial. It's crucial to talk about our grief. That is an act of mourning to express what's going on inside of us. So talk crying, of course, And we also, we have a judgment about crying. I should stop crying in my, what's the matter with me? Why can't I stop crying? Or nobody wants to see me cry. Or I can't cry in front of people. Or I can't cry in public. All of which is also ridiculous. Crying is a great way to express our grief. And I remember reading years ago, and I wish I could find where it was that I read it, that it said there are actual toxins in the body that only leave through our tears and our tear ducts like we don't lose them through sweating or or any other way that things leave our bodies (laughs) only through tears tears truly do cleanse the soul so crying journaling and letter writing if you're a writer like me getting those words on the page is so therapeutic write it down letter writing write to the person that you miss dear dad I miss you, you know? Um, and this is why, and right and right and right. Making art, painting, listening to music, dancing. These are all wonderful ways to process your grief and to know that that is what you're doing it while you're doing it. I mean, I'll hear a song and I'll just start to dance because I love music and I just start dancing around my house. Right. But if I know that I'm carrying this grief and it's really particularly heavy, heavy to the point where I'm feeling like I'm not functioning well in my life, I will put on that song that makes me cry and I will move my body to it and I will dance a dirge in my living room. And I just want to bring up also Gabriel Roth's, uh, Gabrielle, sorry, Gabrielle Roth's work called Sweat Your Prayers. She came to the Women of Wisdom Conference either in the late 90s or the early 2000s, and I took her all-day workshop, and she has a series of songs that start kind of slow and then sort of speed up and become kind of furious and then gently takes you back down, and the process is called Sweat Your Prayers, and through moving the body, you move those emotions out of you. Now, I know this seems counter to what I said about us carrying our grief, but like I said, As we love, we're going to grieve. Sometimes that grief feels so strong and so big that we must express it. And that is the mourning part, and that is the part that's gonna help us heal so that we are strong enough to carry it and continue on with healthy and beautiful lives, even after loss. The last way that we can mourn, and I think this is a beautiful way, is to do some ritual work, you know? And, and you can do any of these other things, talking, crying, writing, listening to music, making art, dancing, do them in sacred space. And that also helps to process your grief in a beautiful way. You know, in amazing synchronicity, which often happens while I'm preparing the service, a friend of mine, Tatiana Sussex, uh, sent out a newsletter. She's a, a, a writing buddy of mine. And she said in this particular uh, newsletter, and she's a beauty hunter, right? She says, what experts are finding is that people who are able to get through big loss events without lasting negative health and mental impacts are the ones who can experience beauty and awe. Keep seeking beauty. Stay connected to what makes you gasp in awe. Find inspiration any and everywhere you can. It doesn't remove your grief, but it creates a nice ballast to it. And also when we're seeking beauty and we witness beauty and we take it in, the brain creates new neural nets toward things that are beautiful and wonderful and lift our spirits. It doesn't mean that the neural nets or the synapses <coughs> excuse me, are not going to feel our grief any longer. <coughs> excuse me. But it won't be the only thing that we are feeling. I need to take a sip of my tea. Excuse me. Oh, that's so much better. So, another thing to do to help us heal, especially for the long term, is to keep seeking beauty. To find yourself in places where you are in awe. To seek out inspiration everywhere you can. So I'll ask you now, if you would, to close your eyes and go within. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Take a nice deep breath and reconnect to your grounding cord that we sent down at the beginning of the service. Find your roots deep down in the mother. <coughs> Now, I've been talking a lot about grief and why we feel it and how it works and what we can do to heal with it. And now I'm going to ask you to take a moment and bring a grief that you are carrying into your awareness. That can be an old grief, a new grief, a grief about something that someone else might not think is worthy of grieving. But you do. Allow an experience of deep loss to come to mind now. And in our safe and sacred space, let yourself feel it in your heart. Feel the grief that you are carrying in your heart. Now bring your attention to your third eye and find yourself standing, open up your third eye and look out through it and find yourself standing before an oversized but comfortable looking couch, a deep cushioned sofa and the great mother is sitting on it. And even though you remain your actual size, the height and weight that you are in this moment, The couch she is sitting on is so large that you would have to climb up onto it as if you were a a toddler. And so you do. Climb up onto the couch now. And she sees you. And she pats her lap. And you know that her gesture is an invitation. And so go ahead now and climb right onto her lap. Oh, the knees of the mother are soft and strong. And her body is soft too and warm. So lean back onto her chest now and let yourself relax into her. You can feel her big heart beating, the heart that is never wrong and it is beating compassion and comfort for you. She puts her arms around you, the arms that guide you along, and she lays her chin on the top of your head. You are now held by the Great Mother sitting on her lap, a lap strong enough and loving enough to hold you in your grief. It feels so good just to be held like this. There's no need to explain anything or to ask for anything. You can just let yourself grieve. Take a moment here. Good, now sitting here in the lap of the Great Mother, feeling her unconditional love, you feel soothed. And you remember that grief is the price of love and love is worth that cost. Now you notice that even with the grief you carry, the good grief you carry on the road of life, There's room for other emotions, like gratitude. And you sure feel that now. Gratitude for her strength and her comfort. And you notice that your grief doesn't sound or feel quite as heavy now. So take another deep but gentle breath. And let the image of yourself sitting on her lap fade. And gently bring yourself back here to our temple. And when you feel ready, go ahead and open your eyes. We only grieve what we love. If we didn't love, it wouldn't matter. And so in this way, we can know that love is known. And when we love, no matter how difficult the price for its loss, nothing is wrong. It's right to grieve the loss of what we love. And as Amber Darland will sing to us now, all is right, all is well within our souls.
1: Please be my offering forevermore, love. All is well within my soul. Peace be my offering. Peace be my offering.
0: Thank you, Amber Darland, for that gorgeous song. So revolutionary love is practiced in community, which is a big part of it and what I love so much and what I'm excited for in our community. Revolutionary love is something we certainly work on, the principles within ourselves, but it's practiced within community. It asks us to grieve together. And doing so builds relationships because grief is such a strong emotion. It makes our hearts porous and that can let the pain of others bleed into our own. Those are Valerie's words. Now in this way, we help carry the grief. We help each other carry our grief and this deepens our capacity to love and it strengthens our communities. Now, knowing others care for us in our pain is healing and strengthening. It's why we gather around people when they've experienced loss. It's why we come to their aid and we, and we give our dollars and we show up and we do whatever we can to help people when they have experienced this loss. And when people do that for us, we feel cared for and it helps strengthen us. We all have this, oh, I'll do it for you, but no, 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 I don't want anyone to help me. And this is just showing us that, as she says, at any given time, we're going to have different roles in revolutionary love. There are times when we're going to be ones who have experienced the loss specifically, and there are going to be times when someone else in our community has experienced the loss, and we need to be there for them. This is so beautiful. So knowing that others care for us and are willing to help us in our grief is healing and strengthening now this doesn't mean that we become so empathic or that we should become so empathic that we crumble under the weight of others pain right there's a a little line there and we need to keep very good and strong boundaries and consciously do our self-care because there are going to be days when we feel more capable and then there are going to be days when we don't and we really need to honor that within ourselves we have to really know ourselves and get to be honest with ourselves about what we are able to manage and handle in any given moment we do make sacrifices for those that we love but We don't get any brownie points for being a martyr, especially when it is harmful. So we have to find what that line is. How do we soften our hearts? How do we keep them soft so that we can feel the pain of others and know when to be there for them in our community? But also where do we say, okay, that's enough. I can't take any more because it's going to do me in. That's that's a, a good thing to be conscious of and to work on. Bringing this act of grieving specifically to the work of revolutionary love, which is the cause for social justice, sharing grieving informs us about the particular role we might have in the fight for justice. There are so many things that need to be done, um, but until we are feeling our grief at the loss that we feel at social injustice, and the loss that others are experiencing if we are privileged and we are not experiencing that social injustice, but others are, by becoming porous to it, it gives us information to know where to show up and what we can do to sort of help that cause. Um, Grieving with survivors of injustice is an act of solidarity. And Valerie tells a story about um, how her uncle was shot in cold blood standing outside the gas station that he uh, worked and owned, I think, um, right after 9-11, because he was a man in a turban. And some white supremacist who was enraged just saw turban, thought terrorist, and boom, just killed him right then and there. And the community that came together to mourn with her, she said, is the thing that was able to keep her going. So this... By grieving together, this is the act of revolutionary love that becomes a healthy and transformative journey. It keeps us in motion, going toward what we want, which is a fair and just world. So I know this might seem silly, but I don't think it is. Make dates with your friends and loved ones. Make grief dates, right? Do the ritual work with close friends to do the mourning, to get together with others. Even if you're feeling strong and you're not grieving grieving anything in this moment, there might be somebody in your close circle of friends who is, and they're just not saying anything about it or they're pretending they're okay when they're not. Make dates with them and do this work. This is uh, perhaps how we support communities um, that we might not even be a part of. And that's another thing that she recommends. Like if there's some loss, like, you know, people are killed in a temple or in a mosque or, you know, some horrible thing happens and we're not a part of that community, we can still show up and we can grieve with them. And what this does is it builds bridges in a world that is so deeply divided. That's the wholeness that we seek. So that's pretty much my teaching on grief with regard to revolutionary love, that we must grieve because we're going to, because we're loving beings, and that we must also mourn, not just grieve, but we must also mourn, and that when we do it together and when we support each other in doing it, the entire community is strengthened and the world becomes a healthier place. So beautiful. Now at our last service, I had asked Oriel Lighton to write us a song, write us a chant that we could sing and we're gonna sing it in every service while we are learning about revolutionary love. And she wrote this beautiful chant called So Love. It's called the So Love Chant. And uh, so we're gonna do that now. We're gonna sing that now. And what this does is that hopefully, it's gonna help us integrate these first two principles of wonder and grieve as we learn to love others on that compass, or at least it's gonna help us remember why we are trying to do that. So Mari, go ahead and put up that slide with the lyrics. And I um, am just going to start singing it. It's um, pretty simple. Uh, There's one line that goes a little higher than the other, but I think you'll catch on. And we'll sing it twice through. And please join me as we go. And so it goes like this.
1: We are sowing, we are growing, we bestow love. We are sowing, we are growing, we bestow love. We are sowing, we are growing, we bestow love. We are part of the solution, so we love so I love. And we stir the revolution, so we love, so I love. We are sowing, we are growing, we bestow love. We are sowing, we are growing, we bestow love. We are sowing, we are growing, we bestow love we see mothers we see brothers so we love so i love and i tend myself and others so we love so i love they are takers and heartbreakers still we love so i love dare to wonder what lies under so we love so i love We are sowing, we are growing, we bestow love. We are sowing, we are growing, we bestow love. We are sowing, we are growing, we bestow love. We are part of the solution, so we love, so I love. And we stir the revolution, so I love, so we love. We are sowing, we are growing, we bestow love. We are sowing, we are growing, we bestow love. We are sowing, we are growing, we bestow love. We see mothers, we see brothers, so we love, so I love. And I tend myself and others, so we love, so I love. They are takers and heartbreakers, still we love, so I love. Dare to wonder what lies under, so we love, so I love. We are sowing, we are growing, we bestow love. We are sowing, we are growing, we bestow love. We are sowing, we are growing, we bestow love. Thank you, Oriel
0: Lighten. Psychotherapist, writer, and soul activist, Francis Ward Weller tells us the work of a mature person is to carry grief in one hand and gratitude in the other and to be stretched large by them. How much sorrow can I hold? That's how much gratitude I can give. If I only carry grief, I will bend towards cynicism and despair. If I have only gratitude, I become saccharine and won't develop compassion for other people's uh, suffering. Grief keeps the heart fluid and soft, which helps make compassion possible. So my friends, may the grief you carry be a blessing to the world. May it strengthen your soul. May your grief build compassion within you. May it make you brave. And when your grief, your good grief, seems stronger than you are. Remember to climb onto her lap and let her soothe you. Blessed be.